0: Moed Katan, Kaf Hayam New Ideas and Relevant Thoughts, Kol Yoma Shmaitzei BeFumin. The Gemara starts off at the top of the Fchaim Adalef with the interesting halacha that Chacham Shemet HaKol Krovav, when a Talmud Chacham, a person of great Torah stature, passes away, the whole community is considered relatives of that person. When I says hakol krovav does that mean that everybody actually a relative, Ella Hakol kikrovav. doesn't mean we are relatives of this great person. It means we need to conduct ourselves according to the laws of Avelut, uh, as if we were relatives of this person. And those laws of Avelut, the fact that we do Kriya then, we, we tear our clothes, we do many of the practices of an Avel, is not necessarily because of the laws of Avelut that the Rosh brings in the name of the Ravid that we're talking here about Chol as well, that if such a great person dies on Chol uh, we perform these acts of expression of mourning. Uh, and clearly, that can't be Avelut, because we don't do Avelut during Chol So it's a matter of respect. It's one of the ways that we would exp- express our respect and sadness uh, for this Talmud Chacham, but it isn't a din of actual Avelut. And that's why we're told we're, we're not Krovim, we aren't relatives, but we're Ke'ilu, we're, we're, we're as if we're relatives. Uh, the Gomorrah goes on a little bit further, talking about the case of Rav Safra. Rav Safra was uh, a, a very great uh, Amoira, He was in the period of, of Abaya and Rova. Uh, he was peer, peers of theirs, and this story, uh, Abaya plays a part in the story, and then tells us about the passing away of Rav Safra. Rav Safra was a trader. He was a businessman, as well as being an enormous uh, Tamit Chacham. And there's the famous story which Rashi brings in Marcus from the Shields that there was a case where Avsafra was busy saying Kriya Chuma, and he wanted to um, sell an item. Uh, the item was for sale and somebody approached him, not realized that he was saying Kriya Chuma, and offered him a price. He didn't answer. He continued saying Kriya Chuma, And the other person, the uh, prospective purchaser, thought that the price was insulting to Rav Safra. So he increased the price, he increased his offer and still Rav Safra was silent. And so it went on. The price of the item went up and up. The prospective buyer was trying to get an answer out of Rav Safra. By the time Rav Safra came to the end of Kriyachma, he excused himself and apologized and said, uh, you may buy the, the object that I had for sale, but at the first price that you offered. Because in, your mind, in my mind, when you offered that price, I'd made a sale in my mind and I was happy with that price. And you only continued to, to raise the price because you thought I wasn't accepting it. But I had accepted it in my mind. I was just busy saying Kriya Chma. So He was a person that was very meticulous about his integrity and honesty and business and in, in all other matters as well. And when he died, lo ale, the, uh, the rabbis of the time didn't do Kriya. They didn't keep the laws of avilut as we were told the one should do. Amri, when asked, they said, Lord Gamrin and we, we actually didn't never learn from him. He wasn't a teacher. He wasn't the rav of a community. He didn't give public shearing. We never learned from him. Amalu Abaya Abaya was rather upset with that response. And he says, "Mitanya tanya harav shemait. It doesn't say that if your rav dies, that you need to perform acts of, of, of Avelut. It says, chacham shemait, a wise person. A a person who is deeply knowledgeable in Torah and has great stature in Torah and Rav Safra is such a person. And, and therefore one should ve'od and furthermore, might how can you say you haven't learned from him? It's true you might not have formally sat in his shiurim, but in the Beis Medrash every day people are talking about his chidushim, the new ideas that he innovated and that he taught. Uh, some say that Rav Safra, the name Safra from Sefer, means that he w- he was an author. He wrote because he was always traveling and he was away. He didn't have a fixed place to give regular Shi'rim, and he used to write his Torah. And that used to get distributed, and people used to learn it and and, and discuss it and debate it. So Abayya says, how can you say he's not your Rebbe that you didn't learn from him? First of all, even if he wasn't your Rebbe, you, you have to keep the laws of Avelut. And secondly... If he wasn't Yorov, he was Yorov, because you learned from him, you discussed, you learned Torah from him, although it wasn't in a formal way, it was in, in an informal way. Uh, there are two different ways of understanding Abaya's comment. The, um, the one way is that these are two different reasons that Abaya gives as to why Rav Safra should have been honored with proper mourning. The one is, it's a Talmud Chochim, even if he wasn't your Rebbe, even if he wasn't formally your teacher, he's a great man. And the second one, he is your rabbi. He did teach you. Uh, as as a second reason, the other way of learning this this Gemara is that these two reasons are connected. <laughs> Firstly, it says that a Talmud Chacham who who dies, not necessarily a Rav who, who dies, va'od. And furthermore, how do you know that he's a Talmud Chacham? Because you talk about his Chidushim in the days of all the time, and we'll uh, we'll get to a clearer understanding. These two different ways of learning are the, is the way I understand the at the difference of opinion between the Rosh and the Maharam Rutenberg. Uh, we've spoken often about the Maharam Rutenberg, The Maharam Rutenberg is so pivotal because he's at the end of the period of the Tosfes and his Talmudian become the Halachists. So his one great Talmud is the Rosh. The Rosh comes to Spain and brings all the knowledge of the Baalei Tosfes with him. Uh, to Spain and merges it with the Spanish school and the school of North Africa that the that the Riff had brought to Spain. So Spain becomes an unbelievable center of Torah, and the Roche's contribution uh, to that center of Torah is is enormous in and of its of its own right. Um, there's a, there's a letter that the Roche's son, the Tour, wrote to somebody in Europe who wanted to move to Spain, and he asks the tour "What should I come with? What should I bring with me?" And uh, in, in our kind of society, if somebody says, I want to emigrate, I want to go on Aliyah, what should I bring? We, you know, we tell him what furniture to bring and what furniture not to bring, what clothes to bring. Uh, the two understood exactly what the question was. And he says, bring all this for him you can, but don't worry about the Torahs because we have my father, the Rosh here. And the Rosh has got with him, his, his, he understands all of the Torahs, he knows all of the Torahs. He has summarized all of the Torahs in his own safer called the Torahs Harosh. And, uh, and therefore, you don't need the Toysavis. That's how great the Rosh is and what he brought to, to Spain at that time. Uh, and the Rosh is a Talmud of, of the Maharam Rotenberg. The Maharam Rotenberg was famous for uh, the fact that he was kidnapped and the non-Jews had asked for an enormous ransom. And he was the person who said, do not ransom me, do not pay, leave me in prison, uh, because if you ransom me, this this practice will continue. They'll keep on kidnapping people. And so he forbade the community to ransom him. And he, and he died in jail and took a long time for them to even get his body out to be able to bury. But while he was there, his Talmudim visited him and wrote down his Pesachim. He was a, a great posek of the time and, and his Chidusha Torah. And we have a lot of that through the Talmudim and directly. And one of his Talmudim is the Rosh. And the Rosh in, on our piece of Gemara, the Simen Nun Tet, uh, says that this law... That a chacham kol krovev, that if a Talmud Chacham dies, everybody mourns as if they are relatives. He says, Katav Rabbeinu Meirza, the Meiram Rutenberg, my Rebbe said, that's Dafka Shiyod in Tav That's only if you are aware of the Chidushim, the innovative ideas that this person innovated. That is what makes him a Talmud Chacham. But if you don't know such Chidushim, and he's also not your rebbe. Neither do you know of his innovations, nor did you study by him as as your rebbe. Or he was he was not the rov of your community. Then you're not required to do kriya if you hear about his death after the funeral. So that's the, the view of the Meiram Rutenberg. And he brings his proof from Abayah's comment, where Abayah says, Kol Yom um, Shmeitzah Befumah B'Ves Medrash. the reason that you have to. Uh, observe mourning for Rav Safra is because his chidushim are being talked about in the Baysa Major. So you see clearly that the chidushim have to be talked about, you have to know about the, about his chidushim. The Rosh himself says, re varav. and it's so interesting to see, the Rosh is a dedicated Talmud of the Maram Rittenberg, but as we have so in so many cases, we've got it with, with Rashi and Rabbeinu Taman, with Rabbeinu Taman Ri, we've got it throughout the history of Torah that the Talmidim, the disciples, often disagree with their Abbaim. They use their, the methodology they learn from the Rabbi. It's important to appreciate that a Talmid doesn't just regurgitate what he learned from the Rabbi. We spoke in Shul on Shabbat yesterday about the difference between a voice and an echo. What it is for a person to have an authentic voice, as opposed to simply be echoing what's around and about him, for a person simply to be saying that which will be accepted, that which will gain him likes on Facebook and, and will gain him popularity, that's living in an echo chamber. And today we live in such an echo chamber where things are just regurgitated and quoted and requoted. Uh, but authentic Tamid Chachamim take what they learned from their Rabim and they go further with it. And they and they reinvent and they re-articulate and they reposition. That way the Torah remains fresh and dynamic and relevant to each generation because what was said ten generations ago, or five, or even one generation ago. The principles are eternally relevant, but the actual applications might not be that relevant. And so in each generation, the Tamidech HaChomim of the time, the great Poskim of the time, need to take the Torah methodology and, and use it and apply it. Of course, it's incredibly important that the people who are doing that are highly qualified in Torah methodology. I heard that the Baal Amor quoted something from Rabbi Yehuda Alevi and the Raiv took exception and said, how can you quote from Rabbi Yehuda Alevi? We don't know if he was a Talmud Chochem because he didn't leave Chidushim. We don't know how he learned Gomorrah. The way a person learns Gomorrah establishes his credentials as somebody fit to innovate in, in Torah. If a person is a London, if a person really knows how to learn Gomorrah and how to go through Rishonim and Achronim and understand if person can really put all that together, then they have the qualifications and the credentials to be original thinkers in Torah. But one can't just pick up a piece of Torah, whether it's a piece of Fumish or, or Medrash or Kabbalah or a piece of Agadete in the, in the Gemara and give one's own interpretations and meanings of it. That's, you know, personal interpretation. That's great. But it's not relevant Torah. Torah is when the methodology is there. And the Rosh absorbs the methodology of his Rebbe, the Maharam Rutenberg. Uh, um, it, it, it's important even until this, until this day, I've, I've mentioned to you before that in conversations with Rabbi Feinstein, he was so particular that it's not the bottom line that counts. And in one case, he wouldn't even give me the bottom line when I was discussing a matter with him. He said, I'll teach you how to reason it out that you reason it out and you come to a decision because you know the circumstances that you're talking about better than, than I do. And so that each person needs to be able to take the, the method of his Rabbeim and apply the method in a way that is original and meaningful and relevant. And so the Rosh says, I have to disagree with my own rabbi, with the Maram Rittenberg because Abayah says, he gives two options. This is firstly, it says, Chacham, doesn't have to be your Rebbe, even if you didn't learn from him. And secondly, you did learn from him. So these are the two ways of understanding, Rabbi rutenberg and, and the, the Rosh. And, and I believe that's the essence of their machlokis. It's all very well. The, the Rosh says, I disagree with him from the very Gemara that he quotes, because Abaye gives two alternatives. So what does Abaye say? He says, firstly, you have to mourn for anybody, even if he's not your Rebbe. And secondly, Rav Safra was your Rebbe because he came up with some very innovative ideas. And in the Beis Hamedrash, every day those ideas are being debated and discussed, so you are a beneficiary of his creative thinking. So these are two different things. Either of them is okay if you didn't hear chidushim from the rabbi, but he's a Talmud Chacham. Then, says the Rosh, the, the same law also applies. The Mayram Rutenberg doesn't learn it that way. The Maharam Rutenberg learns it that, firstly, he's a big Talmud Chacham, not, not firstly. The reason is you have to mourn for... Rav Safra, because Rav Safra was a massive Tamid Chacham. How do you know that he was a massive Tamid Chacham? Do you know that he's a massive Tamid Chacham because his chidushim are debated and discussed in the Beis HaMajras. They're not rejected, they're not excluded, they're incorporated. So just as the Raiv said about Rabbi Yudalevi, we don't know his Gemara. we don't know his chidushim, we know his philosophy, but we don't know his halakha. In the case of Rav Safra, we do know his halakha. So according to the Ma'aram Rutenberg, what Rabbi is saying here is... The fact that we learn his work every day in the Beis HaMidrish means that we know him to be a Talmud Chacham, a great Talmud Chacham, and that we need to uh, respect him and we need to show him that uh, amazing respect of mourning for him as as a relative after he's passed away. And we see from there some of what it means to be uh, a Talmud Chacham and how the continuous evolution of the Torah and the retention of its freshness and its vitality. And that applies not only in Torah, but in all areas. One needs to be able to innovate in, a, in an area of one's own expertise. Not everyone is an expert halachist, and therefore not everybody can, can innovate in Torah. Uh, but Talmidech chachamim do and should. But certainly in our own areas, whether our own areas in a, in a particular area of business, or we're physicians in our areas, medicine, or we're psychologists, or we're teachers and educators. Uh, in whatever area it is that we're expert we need to be able to break boundaries and take authentic thinking and reasoning from that discipline and take it into a new environment and to be able to apply it in a way that is innovative and a, and a way that is meaningful that keeps us alive that gives us chayus, that gives us aliveness so to say uh, keeps us relevant and fresh so that we're looking at the world uh, in a way as as, as says, yom yu that the the Torah itself, every day, should look new to you. The world should look new. The lens with which you look at the world should should look new. The importance of that of that understanding of, of Hidushim, so that kol yom esh befumin bevei medrosha. How great is this Rav Safra, that even though he wasn't a formal teacher and didn't occupy a formal position, that his thinking and his teaching was so amazing and was talked about in the of medrash. that's a true Talmud Chachan. That's somebody worthy of our respect.